0: and welcome to Operation Adopted, where we explore the individualized nature of adoption. To do this, we have conversations with individuals who have been adopted, also known as adoptees. Whether good or bad, every adoptee has their own story to tell. Here on Operation Adopted, our goal is to provide a platform for those voices to be heard. Hi, and welcome back to Operation Adopted. Today we have a special guest on.
1: Hi, my name is Marlo. Thank you for having me and giving me an opportunity to share my story what really makes my adoption a little bit different is that I was a bit older when it happened, uh, 11 years old. Um, you know, I grew up with a single mother in, in New York and very small family, uh, just, you know, a grandmother and uncle or two. Um, so the adoption process was interesting because I went from this very small sort of fragmented family to a very large and sort of the kind of things I remember watching on movies, you know, big mm. family gatherings. Um, so I guess the, the the details, if you will, um, you know, my mom met my stepfather uh, thanks to – me actually (laughs) um you know but they they got married and you know it was very straightforward um you know i'd never met my actual birth father Mm. um so you know there wasn't a lot of you know hemming and hawing about you know the process it was very straightforward Mm. um you know we went in front of the uh, a lawyer signed some papers um Mm. And that was that. I mean, obviously, there was a much more emotional (laughs) experience. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, again, I think a lot of people who are in the situation or even similar situation understand, you know, that rejection of a parent is very difficult, especially when you're young. Of course. And, you know, being 11, you know, from, from, you know, therapists and just other people I've talked to, that's when... You know, our brains really start to be able to understand what's going on around us. You know, so I was aware of the process, maybe more so than some other people who have gone through the adoption process. When it came down to it, and you know, like my father, birth father refused to come to meet me. That was that was painful, honestly, more than anything about the whole process. I remember just crying because of that, Mm -hmm. you know. But also, I remember, you know, my mom and my stepdad really comforting me. And, you know, that feeling of a whole family was something, I guess, that kind of really helped me cope with it. Mm. Because, like I said, you know, growing up, it was a very small family, very, you know, sort of fragmented. And and having this new life, this new world with, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and, mm. you know, the holiday dinners you know it certainly helped me move past the pain of you know all that you know rejection and and things yeah. like that um but it also brought you know different different problems different you know feelings of you know do i fit in here do i belong here you know mm. um you know it's it's Again, my family, they're all wonderful people, and they they have all been very, you know, loving and kind to me. But when you look different, you know, from everyone that's sitting around a table, it does feel like you're out of place sometimes. And Mm. like I said, I would would never put that on them. They never made me feel out of place. No. But it's just, I think, something you feel inside.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Thankfully, you know, my stepfather was – he's a great guy. Mm. You know, my mom – you know, was always there for me. And very shortly thereafter, I had a sister who, you know, was, you know, sort of the, this cute little button and, <laughs> you know, so it felt yep. like I had this real family hmm. um, right. for the first time.
0: Yeah. You had mentioned your biological father that you never met him. So a lot of times you know, when you talk to people and you ask them, is that something that you would ever want to do?
1: I've had this conversation with some people, um, both people who didn't know their own fathers and also people who had some very uh, tumultuous relationships. Like, I mm-hmm. I remember a conversation with two friends of mine who happened to be gay. Yeah. And their fathers were v- not supportive in the slightest. Mm, okay. And for them, I, I guess it's different because their fathers were there even though they weren't close or loving yeah they still wanted that connection Mm -hmm. but i think for me because he was just never there i Mm -hmm. you know i don't even remember his name at this point yeah um there's no real desire you know my stepdad like i said he's a great guy yeah my family's fantastic i'm not i don't feel like i'm lacking anything Mm. um and i know we kind of discussed this but i think really the only concern i have is you know those sort of genetic health issues yeah um You know, I'm, I'll be 40 next year and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, you know, starting to feel the aches and pains, you know, (laughs) of getting older and it's, it Mm -hmm. doesn't get any easier. But, you know, I'd like to, part of me would like to know if like, you know, my heart's going to randomly explode because there's a generational uh, (laughs) history of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And mentioned out there too, that doctors and nurses and health professionals, they'll just be like, oh oh, that's fine. That's okay. You don't, you have to worry about it. And it's like, well, I gotta, I gotta do. I can't Worry about it a little yeah. bit.
1: I mean, if anything, it has pushed me in the past few years to start taking better care of myself. Hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's eating better, exercising, you know, mental health therapy, yeah. things like that, just because like right. I said, I don't know what's waiting out there. So, hmm. you know, there's something like a, a a penny of prevention is a pound of something. But just like mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I can to prevent it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who knows? So – and, I mean, it feels good to just take care of yourself. But, like I said, yeah. not knowing, I want to try and have the best practices.
0: Mm-hmm. For yourself.
1: Yeah, for myself, yeah. Yeah,
0: and for your own health in the future. As much as you can prevent things that exactly. you may not even know are happening, but you can prevent them before they even – what happen. then at that point? Hopefully.
1: Yeah, or at least (laughs) minimize the effects. Yes. Hopefully.
0: Yes, you probably can't really just get rid of them if they're inherent, if they're like a genetic thing. You can't get rid of it, but you can help yourself. I like how you kind of talked about your stepfather and being a very loving and kind person to the point where it sounds like a smoother transition for yourself for that closure that you were talking about before. I don't know, do you think that he was a big part of that?
1: The love my parents had for each other kind of radiated out. You know, my parents worked a lot when yeah. I was younger. Okay. So I, I, you know, I would say there's a lot that I didn't learn or get from them because they were traveling with work. Oh. You know, so they provi- provided love when they were there. They put a roof over my head and there's mm-hmm. never, you know, a worry about food mm-hmm. on the table or the light staying on, which is a bit of a shift from, you know, before. my life before. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like I said, you know, my father as well, or, yeah, my father, I'll call him that, I do, um, Yeah. but also just the family as a whole, you know, like, I have, like, nine cousins now.
0: Oh, wow, that's a lot of cousins. Um,
1: <laughs> so, you know, having kids your age to, like, you know, welcome you in and play, and, you mm-hmm. know, you don't. You know, you don't think about it as much because you're just having fun with your family. And, you know, Uh, so I do think that helped, you know, being accepted and not treated any differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say it's a little weird because in my particular case, there was a family business and, you know, that family business put at least my, my my dad and his siblings in a spotlight because, you know, they were okay in charge of the business. Yes. So there was this sort of underlying, you know, be careful what you say, be careful how you act, people, you know, your uh, behavior reflects on things.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay.
1: And that, you know, it made me a little anxious, mm-hmm. but it also just made me think about, you know, I, I love and appreciate this family. I want to make them proud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do course. think
1: that helped. Certainly kind of, you know, hmm. with the transition uh, because, you know, it almost felt like I sort of had a purpose coming from, you know, like I said, not having a father, not having a family structure uh, in a traditional sense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, knowing that there is this this family and these, these relatives and this business and these things, you know, it's like I felt like I was part of something.
0: Yeah, um, oh, that's cool.
1: It, it certainly made for awkward moments, you know, <laughs> when you're, you're an angsty teenager and you want to act out. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, it was something to take pride in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something, like I said, a purpose that's bigger than yourself, mm. I think is important in all things in life because it really... You know, it can it can push you to be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. And I don't know, maybe this is just like the being the son of a single mother. Like I always, you know, wanted to make her proud, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I was the man of the house until she got remarried. For a long
0: time, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: you know, so that kind of continued through, and you know, I had to readjust my role now that there was an actual dad an actual in the dad. picture.
0: Yeah, yeah, the funny you mentioned that i was i was gonna i was thinking about that a little bit for you how was that transition for you because i don't think about that in terms of yeah in general because i'm not male so I, yeah. like, i'm like oh no it's fine but in, from your perspective when you just said, mentioned it you know being the man of the house for so long that was you know how many years for you to transition if to let someone was else kind of a kinda, little tough yeah not take over but like some you know Play that part for you, yeah. not only you but for your for your mom.
1: No, I mean I remember being a little shit at ten, <laughs> eleven years old, and like you know, yep. I I remember we were having dinner at my house, and I think this was the first time that my mom had his like sisters and mom over for dinner, mm-hmm. and I remember making just some really awful comment.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> and like my mom, like why would you say that? And I literally said, you know, we've made it this far without a dad. Why do I need one now? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a protectiveness, yeah, uh, a territorialness, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, more specifically to my family and my history, you know, mm-hmm. it, what brought us. What fractured my family and brought us to Pennsylvania was the death of my uncle. Okay. Who was the youngest. He was the baby of the family. Mm, yeah. So, you know, it it tore down that structure. You know, people kind of turned inwards. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I I don't blame my family, but, you know, I had a lot more, shall we say, Duty to be sort of this emotional support or, that a child probably shouldn't
0: yeah, be because you you're not dating.
1: equipped to do it because yeah. you don't know how to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, not yet.
1: Um, so that definitely was, you know, made that transition a little tough because I was, you know, I was used to like having to, again, be that, that man that in the picture. Yeah. You know, so letting go, you know, like I said, I'm sure like every kid is kind of a (laughs) a jerk to their dads. So, you know, at some point. (laughs) But, you know, like I said, he is a good person. He was caring and, you know, he adopted me into his family. He didn't have to. I could have just been his stepkid. Absolutely. You know, and and I am forever grateful for it because it literally changed the trajectory of my life, you Mm -hmm. know.
0: So you had mentioned earlier when we were talking that, you know, you kind of had to acclimate to this whole new lifestyle for yourself and how kind of, can you kind of explain that a little bit more?
1: I'll use the story of two separate Thanksgiving dinners. Mm -hmm. I remember Thanksgiving dinner. This was maybe like a year or two before my mom and father met. Mm-hmm. Uh we just moved to to like Emmaus, You know, Thanksgiving Day, we get all the stuff in the house, boxes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like me, my mom, my grandmother, maybe I think my uncle and his girlfriend. Uh and you know, it was a small little kind of rundown house that was in need of a coat of paint and and you know. <laughs> but you know, it was fun. We were happy. We sat around, you know, boxes, sitting on boxes, eating <laughs> some KFC. Like I said, it was a fun, memorable Thanksgiving. And that was kind of the life I had. It was kind of a sort of fly by the seat of your pants, you know, make <laughs> do with what you have because there wasn't always money for the nice stuff or even yeah. the necessary stuff. Mm. My, my father and his family, you know, they're from a multi-generational business-owning family. And, you know, oh, they... Wow. Had a wonderful life, lots of siblings, and, you know, no, not that they didn't have troubles like anyone else, but, you know, they were, shall we say, a little more established, a little more comfortable in life. So yeah. one of the first, and I forget if it's Thanksgiving or Christmases after that, was at uh, my grandmother's house, my dad's mom. yeah. And you know she was the matriarch of the family. Okay. <laughs> and she had this big house, and she set out this massive table with you know fine china. Oh wow. Basically, it was like you like what you would see in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the, okay. the turkey yeah. and the stuffing and the decorations. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: And you know it that if anything was I think the hardest transition was like coming from basically being this like poor kid into this Mm -hmm. new life it's like for a long time i felt like i don't deserve this like why am i the Mm -hmm. lucky one yeah versus so many other people you Mm -hmm. know yeah yeah and i think that honestly was just a (laughs) a question that you know took many years it wasn't just a quick like you know there's always this like sense of guilt or not yeah guilt for a while
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, if we're gonna call it what it is, it was it was a sense of guilt where you know yeah. it's like, why did so many of these things have to happen? Like, why do I, why am I the one who gets lucky? Or you know,
0: yeah, yep, um, yep. You're not the only one to say that. Yeah, you know, a lot of people feel guilty about that because they're like, oh well, why me? Why why not someone else? Or how how come I got that lucky? Or you know, it's yeah. not necessarily wasn't a decision that we may, really made, but. It's something that ha- just so happened to happen to us.
1: Yeah. And I think it, like, you know, for me, it took a long time to accept that and just, you know, be like, I can't change it, Mm-mm. you know, so make the most of it. Cause I do think I felt, I, f- I felt, like I said, I felt guilty and like I didn't live up to my own potential sometimes, you know, mm. in my teens and twenties. Cause I'm like, again, I just felt like I don't deserve this. Like, I, you know, I didn't really do anything to get to, to this point. To earn uh, it,
0: quote unquote earn it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I had to realize it's like, well, I've been given an opportunity. Yes. Now what I do from there
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, you know, what I earn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think those things ever go away. You know, I saw this meme. It's like, it's about trauma and, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a trauma. It is, yeah. it is a trauma. It's yeah. like, it's not that the the pain or the trauma gets smaller it's the vessel we hold it in gets bigger yes, and I it's did easier see that. to cope yes you know so like i said yes. you know the the pain of you know rejection by my father is still there
0: absolutely that doesn't go away no. it, it never just fades away even if you know you go to therapy or even if you talk about it as much as you mm-hmm. want It's never going to go away because it still happened to you.
1: But the vessel, who I am, has grown to where it's, you know, instead of being this massive weight, it's just like, you know, it's like a little penny jingling in my pocket versus, you know, like (laughs) carrying a backpack full of rocks.
0: Yes. Yes. So the weight isn't as heavy and it's it's easier to kind of go about life without worrying about it. It's not at the forefront of your mind anymore.
1: Yeah, and I think that is you know where you know family comes in teaching you the strength to just be who you are and accepting you for who you are. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I I felt like well if my own father doesn't want me, who is gonna want me? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I had to I had to learn that just because he was you know an immature teenager, yeah, that's that's not my fault. It doesn't say anything about me. That no speaks about him.
0: Oh no, yeah. It doesn't reflect on who you are or who you will become or who you are now yeah. or have become. It's just that's who they were.
1: But I think especially for younger people in general, but especially going through something like adoption, it's like that is a like I think an important lesson that not just the adoptee, but the adopter mm-hmm. needs to be aware of too, you know?
0: Absolutely. And you know, how often do you really get asked, you know, what what was it like for you to be adopted or what was uh, that see, like that's for
1: you? again that's kind of goes back to because my family adopted family was you know better off financially and mm-hmm. things like that you know people stopped asking me or caring that i was sad or i had these you know mm-hmm. these feelings you know mm-hmm. uh because it's like well you know you have this or you have that like why are you sad and even I've even had it in adult life, you know, where people really? are like, "Yeah, you learn to deal with it to to navigate with it, but you know sometimes, especially when things get difficult, you know, or stress gets you know elevated, like I don't know mm-hmm. a ongoing global pandemic, mm-hmm. you know sometimes <laughs> you fall back into old patterns, yeah. I've ruined relationships because I felt that I was unworthy of love because, yeah. you know, I still have this shit with my, my birth father. Yeah. But by talking about it, by being aware of it, and, you know, like I said, by just being Self. able to, like, you don't have to let it dictate who you are. You know, it'll always be a part of you. Yes. But being aware of it knowing other people have gone through it and come out the other side. Mm-hmm. 13 to like 21 year old me could have used some of that (laughs) yeah
0: back when you're yeah back when it was starting kind of starting out for you you know because you're 11 years old again that's such an age that in which you're not fully there yet to be able to process it all but you're getting there from 11 years old to even in your 20s there's not much time between that but those are such pivotal times in your life
1: yeah. That you no, go through. Totally.
0: So that's a big change for you within just that time spent alone. And growing up in that kind of environment, that was when you were trying to go through that whole idea of, okay, there's a guy in the falls now. I don't have to be the only man in the house. He's going to essentially take over a little bit. But letting <laughs> that go is probably tough. But then you're at that age, too, where you're getting old enough to be able to feel responsible. Yeah. And feel like you have a right to be and you, you're you probably I don't know how opinionated you were as a child but <laughs> so you could probably could be at that point at 11 years old I, there's some very opinionated 11 year olds that I work yeah, with so I'm sure <laughs> yeah like I
1: said I'm sure there's a few times uh I was I was just a rotten little jerk
0: yeah um, I know you said that you know having a whole the idea of having a whole family and you had your sister come along that was a big help for you um, but that, was that kind of your point where you felt like you were cope? You well, it's coped?
1: weird because I actually was pretty fine right away. Like hmm. I said, you know, the girl who became my cousin yeah. was like also one of the first friends I made when I moved to the area. That's cool. And, you know, all of my cousins were, you know, within, I want to say six years of each other. mm mm-hmm. So that, you know, it was easy to kind of get lost in just having, like, you know, the fun family hangout playtime. I think, honestly, it was, like, later, like, when I left to go to college because,
0: Hmm.
1: for me at least, you know, going back to this idea of being the man of the house and Mm -hmm. losing that role, like, Mm. I didn't know what I was supposed to be or what I wanted to do because... I was so worried and concerned for so long about just doing something to make sure my mom's okay. I never, I didn't really think about what I wanted to do. Okay. My, my twenties were my (laughs) rebellious years. Let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, where, like I said, I, I, you know, just like I said, I didn't feel like I fit in or I deserved these things. And, Mm. you know. Also, this idea of having a family business, there was this pressure to be involved in it. So okay. part of me felt like, well, I guess I have to do this now that they're my family.
0: Mm, um, pressure.
1: If my parents like, oh, you should study this or you should go to this internship or, oh, here, we got you a job. i just be <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. sure why not? Um, huh. You know, so I did. You know, lots of interesting things, but they weren't anything I wanted <laughs> Not to do. What you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't hmm. really until, like, honestly, my thirties. I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and I always, you know, as a single child, like, yeah. <laughs> my mom would just give me paper and let, I'd keep myself busy. That's kind of how it okay. all started. Oh, cool. Um, but you know, I've always made art. I've always had little sketchbooks, but Mm. I, you know, I didn't really think like, how am I going to help my mom by drawing? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. So I studied computer science. I studied, you know, all these other things I felt were... What they wanted me to do. They've done all this stuff for me. They want me to be happy. So maybe it's time to really start focusing. I mean, I think again, that goes yeah. back to some of those feelings of not being worthy of guilt and all those things. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna do whatever makes you happy because, you know, you've been through so much or you've done so much for me.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. you don't want to disappoint anyone.
1: No, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Were you born already when you were in New York, when your mom was in New York City?
1: Yeah. Did she you moved start there. She moved to New York when she was fourteen. Oh, okay. Uh, to basically find a job and get an apartment, so the rest of my mm-hmm. family could move.
0: Oh wow, okay. Um,
1: and so she had me. She was about somewhere between nineteen and twenty. Okay. Um, and my uncle was killed when I was probably about six ish, maybe okay. five. So that's when we okay. moved to Pennsylvania because she had some friends. Oh, okay. Who lived here yeah. uh, in sort of like the Lehigh Valley area. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you know, get out of the city. Come yeah. out here. You know, moved around a bit, but eventually settled in Emmaus. hmm And uh, being the new kid at school, you know, they they there wasn't enough desks for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, thankfully, there was a kid out sick. So, I sat at their desk. <laughs> but... They couldn't get a desk for me for like mm-hmm. two or three weeks, so we had to share the desk. Yeah, uh, and she became my first friend. Mm. Um, you know, used to hang out at her house because she lived down the street, mm-hmm. and that girl actually became my cousin.
0: Yeah, because
1: my mom was picking me up.
0: Yeah, I when
1: met. her uncle was there, mm-hmm. and the two of them met and hit it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I have spent. A good chunk of my life here in Pennsylvania, Yeah, but uh, not from here originally.
0: Okay, yeah. New York originally. Is that New York City or is Mm -hmm. that just New York?
1: New York City.
0: Okay, wow. That's a big difference. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's a big difference from being New York City to the Lehigh Valley.
1: Emmaus in the 80s.
0: Especially Emmaus. Oh, yeah, and Emmaus for
1: that. Yeah. The <laughs> was, little was town. A very, there, there was no <laughs> cool craft breweries or little no. like, food trucks or anything like that. Not
0: like there is now, no. There was
1: pickup trucks. Yeah. <laughs> and there's cows. not much there.
0: <laughs> it's very pretty over there, don't get me wrong, oh. but there was not a ton to do.
1: No, no.
0: I mean, you made your own stuff to be able to, you made up your own things to do as a kid. I mean, everybody does that as a kid, but.
1: Yeah, I used to just read a lot. Read a lot. Yeah. Well, again, you know, being sort of a a latchkey kid. Yeah. uh, You know, I'd, there'd always be like crayons and paper, which is again, kind of how art became a thing thing or, you know. Yeah. You know, we'd go to like yard sales or flea markets and I'd get like comic books and, and, you know, like old Farsight or Calvin and Hobbes and I just like sit up and read and, you know.
0: (laughs) Fun stuff. Calvin and Hobbes are always always fun. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you became, you mentioned before that the, that's how you kind of became an artist. Do you think starting out as a kid, you always had, you know, the ability to do art in general? What do you think made you want to become an artist?
1: You know, being a very anxious person. And right. I don't, again, I don't know if that's sort of a nature or nurtured thing. Mm-hmm. It was a way for me to. Interact with and communicate with people. Yeah. You know, like, hey, look at my art and get oh, praise okay. and, and be like people would ask questions yeah. or you know, I'd see someone doing art or someone reading a comic book I liked and it was sort of a, a way to bridge that gap. Huh. Um, for me, I remember watching Mary Poppins and when yeah. they jump in those sidewalk paintings, oh, yeah, yeah. Like just to be able to like create that was something I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think that definitely was a big inspiration. But, you know, it was a way for me to kind of come out of my shell.
0: Yeah, that's cool, though.
1: Um, and, you know, thankfully, you know, that's another great thing. Like my my dad's family was always very supportive of the arts. Like his brother was an artist. His, his mom, like mm. later in life, got into painting. You know, there mm. was musicians and stuff. That's really um, cool. So it was it was just this thing that was, you know, encouraged. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, it made me feel closer and yeah. part of part of the family even more. Because yeah. it was something yeah. I was genuinely interested in.
0: Yes. Makes you feel like you fit in a little bit more. I was seen. Say. Yeah. Seen and able to have a say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: That's really cool.
1: This new family, this this being adopted you know opened up a whole new world and you know i am grateful Mm -hmm. for it and the family i have and the opportunities i've had and Mm. there's that that eternal question like if you could go back and you know change x y or z would you and like there's at this point you know there's a lot of painful memories but i wouldn't change them because i like where i am right now
0: where you got to from it yeah yeah
1: adoptees and you know people who've been rejected by family you know there is that extra hurdle to jump over yeah um and it can be difficult if you don't have a good support system people who are there for you and understand and are compassionate Mm -hmm. um yeah so like i said i uh, i am grateful that i was one of the fortunate ones who found that
0: Mm Hmm. absolutely Yeah, because other people sometimes people can be brutal. (laughs) Yeah. The world is not always
1: the nicest place. Yeah.
0: It's not always rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So with that idea, I'm curious what do you think is was the hardest or most difficult part of being adopted for you was?
1: It was when we went to sign the papers and my father, birth father had the option. Of hunt. coming to sign them in person to meet me. And he didn't. And he said he didn't want to. Yeah. Um, you know, at 11 years old, that was, that was maybe like the biggest heartbreak and might still be <laughs> the biggest heartbreak I've mm-hmm. ever gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, and it did take a while to get there, but, you know, if I can survive that. There's really nothing else that this world can throw at me that yeah. is going to bring me to my knees. And mm-hmm. so in, in in hindsight, it was difficult, but it also might have been one of the greatest gifts I got from the adoption process, hmm. knowing how resilient I am.
0: Yeah. Took something bad and made it good. <laughs> That's a really good way of looking at it, though. I really like that that idea of being resilient through that experience
1: yeah and it, it it took some time to get there don't don't get yeah, it know, wrong to sure. anyone listening it's <laughs> like it still sucks and it still hurts and you're allowed to be sad and you're allowed to you know feel all your feelings mm-hmm. but you know just know that if you can get through that hurdle that mm-hmm. again there's not much life can throw your way
0: yeah yeah what do you think the biggest thing is that you learned from being adopted
1: is in general, but definitely through the adoption process, it's, um, you know, I'm more than just the sum of my parts. You know, I'm not just this genetically predetermined person. I have agency mm-hmm. in my life, you mm-hmm. know, and I can, and I certainly did choose to dwell. And be mopey and sad and angsty for a, <laughs> for a, a while, mm-hmm. but you know there came a point when I realized you know I can choose to wallow, or I can choose to take this opportunity and become who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think you know that's that's a big part of you know adoption in general. It. it it opens doors, it it's it's opportunity. Yeah. You know. It's it's a chance to start fresh, to to not, you know, be weighed down by by you know, whatever your past is. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean sometimes these questions really kind of force you to just like
0: <laughs> A big part of it is is thinking about it and it's not something typically that you're asked about yeah. or people think about specific questions are tough questions to ask it's almost you know a taboo subject people don't want to ask because they don't want to either offend or they don't know how to ask it
1: a lot of people when you say you're adopted it's like oh you know neither of your parents you were like a baby that someone went to like an orphanage and picked out or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. um and it's so much more than that you know it is something that like i probably haven't thought as much as I should have <laughs> about, you know, like it's certainly, you know, it's an indelible part of who I am. It altered the trajectory of my life immensely. You can choose to dwell on the past or just accept where you are. And, you know, I could think about like, well, why did my birth father leave? Or why did this thing happen? Or mm-hmm. why did like these people pick on me? Cause I didn't have a dad, you know, mm-hmm. or I could just be like, Hey, I've got this awesome family. I've got a cool life. I've got people that love me. I I get to do the things that make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, So not to say I've closed the chapter of that book because here I am sitting talking about it. But, you know, I feel like I've accepted it. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to figure out why it happened anymore. No just be like it is what it is i am who i am and like mm-hmm. i said you know i wouldn't change anything about my past because i like where i am
0: it's created you
1: yeah exactly
0: and who you are now accepting it I, I like how you said accept it until you reach that point it is always a weight yeah like you were talking about yeah. before with like the rocks and the backpack and versus like a penny You know, I feel like that analogy is fun. I'm going to use that later, but I like that, too. You know, that idea that it's not heavy anymore once you accept it. It's just, it's still there, but it's not the forefront.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, it's, you know, obviously most adoptions happen when you're young. And when you're young, everything seems like the biggest thing because it it (laughs) is the biggest thing that's ever happened to you Mm -hmm. you
0: know haven't had any other experiences before that (laughs) yeah so you
1: know thankfully with time comes perspective and with perspective comes being able to just accept things for what they are and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know hopefully be happy and grateful and you know
0: yeah eventually get to that point yeah. Maybe not start out at that point. But oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it's, there it's, is a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. What do you think the word adoption means to you?
1: The word that keeps coming to mind right now is opportunity. Yeah. Because it's a chance to have a new family, hmm. a chance to start a new life, a chance to you know, be loved, a chance to, you know, reinvent yourself. Not everyone who's adopted comes from these terrible situations, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, And even if it's not a terrible situation, I mean, it can weigh very heavily, you know, being Mm -hmm. rejected. Yeah. But, you know, knowing that there's someone out there who loves and cares for you enough to make you theirs, to make Mm -hmm. you a part of their family, Mm. you know that that's an opportunity to if nothing else open up because I think a lot of people in that situation you know they're they're kind of shut in they're closed they have walls mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity to let those down and really just open up and be who you are and and it's an opportunity to grow there's
0: a lot of there's definitely a lot of growth to have from this experience in life and it's I think more than just an experience it's your it is your life. Yeah,
1: yeah. And again, it's going to mean something different to everyone. But, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I said, that's why these conversations and, you know, podcasts in general are great because you get to hear other people's stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. a world that's so divided, <laughs> you know, on yeah. politics or beliefs, it's nice to see that, you know, we may not have the exact same story, but there's feelings, there's experiences, mm-hmm. there's, you know— the, these things that we we share, that we all share mm-hmm. as people. Um,
0: that we connect with somehow. Yeah. One more question I like to always ask uh, is what piece of advice do you have for a parent looking to adopt a child?
1: Let that kid make their own mistakes. Let them figure mm. out who they are. Um, so I guess maybe a better way to say it is like listen. Just yeah. listen. Ask, you know, how are they feeling? What do they want? You know, what kind of, you know, even in education, they're saying, don't ask a kid what job they want, ask them what they want to do or like what they want to do for the world. Yeah. You know, don't try and just like, and I, again, I think it's done in, in good faith and and Mm -hmm. kindness, but you know, you want to just like protect them. Mm-hmm. but you need to like let them know that you know they're just another kid you know they're loved but you know mm-hmm. it's like I don't expect anything from you other than to be who you are and I'm here to listen mm-hmm. and I'm here to help you yeah. be whatever that is
0: well I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story your perspective and and just you know sharing it with others and allowing them to hear it and hopefully help somebody through their adoption and and their story as well and maybe pick a few things out that might help them you know who knows but thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it I appreciate your willingness to share thank and you for having me absolutely i look forward to your episode coming out so thanks thanks for tuning in we'll be back again in two weeks with another story to share